Coming up on this week's episode, we begin with Fridges Gone Bad, Killer Construction, and our best soundtrack ever. Then we get into the week's tech news, including more details on Apple's rumored headset and the school with the busted lights. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 355, recorded January 23rd, 2023. Ken Burns presents Don't Panic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by two guys who I think are like ambling across the Old West. I'm not quite sure what this soundtrack is, but uh, it's a classical evening. Colby Rabideau, Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, Sean. I, I, it's it's that like Ken Burns documentary music where you read yes. like the Civil War letter. That's kind of what I'm thinking of. <laughs> My dearest Beatrice. <laughs> My dearest Sean, it's yeah. been so long since we <laughs> since we last spoke. My loins ache for your arrival. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I was watching a different Ken Burns documentary. <laughs> Ken Burns After Dark. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever watched a Ken Burns documentary. It's a lot. I I, I will say that I don't think I have. It is excellent sleeping material. Yes. And I, I don't mean that pejoratively. I, some, I've come to appreciate things that can put me to sleep because I have a hard time going to sleep sometimes. Actually, maybe I'll pick up. Maybe I will pick my current going to sleep podcast. That's a good idea. But yeah, Ken Burns documentaries. Whew, that, that was a good couple months of material for me. And here's the thing. You, you feel like you get way more enjoyment out of it, or at least I feel that way, because say it's a one hour episode. I'm going to watch that one hour episode four or five times before I actually have seen the whole thing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> They're good. Good for airplanes, I find, because there's nowhere else to go. Mm. You kind of have to watch them if you bring them. Also, they are good. Like, that's oh, the they're thing. wonderful. They're so well made, but the pace is glacial. But yeah, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. I didn't know this about the Brooklyn Bridge. And then and then I'm asleep. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Brooklyn Bridge one is is my favorite because it was shockingly it's actually a shorter one. I think it's less than four hours uh, and shockingly interesting. I did not know the kinds of shit they did to build the Brooklyn Bridge. It's really impressive. They built that a long time ago, right? Like it's not. New, yes. Which makes it more impressive. Yes. And uh, thousands of Bothans died to bring you this bridge to make a Star <laughs> Wars reference. <laughs> Those those are back when you see those old timey photos of like children on the hundredth story lifting steel beams. Yeah, and then the other wild thing was this construction project. I think was where they discovered the bends, like you hear about in scuba diving, when you experience (laughs) too much pressure change. And people, I forget, they died gruesome deaths from just like walking out of the tunnel under the river too quickly. Uh, and they just they just churned them. They're like, yeah, well, there's more where that came from. Next, <laughs> down you go. It's crazy. It, it seems fine. Oh, and then right, I think the this was the other thing. the The guy who designed the bridge was working on its construction, and then he was injured, like mortally wounded by the bends, and directed. He then bought an apartment in Brooklyn and directed the rest of the construction from his bedroom because he couldn't leave. He couldn't move um, until he died. 
Oh, you're um, muted, buddy. Um, how long did he live for? Several years, I think. It took many years to build it because they had to build. They had to build a tunnel underneath the river in order to build the thingies in the ground that would support the bridge, and then they had to build the bridge over it over those things. Wow, wow. that's yeah. insane. Totally insane. I was back when they used to build things. Now everything's just computers. <laughs> we used to build things. in this country. Uh, we used to sit on rocks. <laughs> the rocks. only uh, the only Ken Burns documentary I finished like an idiot was the one on the Roosevelt's, which was fine. God, how many are there? He's done like a lot. Like too many, if I'm being he pumps out one every couple of years, like a lot. There's I, baseball, I, there's jazz, there's wow civil war. I've heard the baseball the one is good. I haven't seen it though. The jazz one is supposed to be very good. I saw the jazz one. And Weird. I feel like his most famous is the Civil War and the World War Two one, or was it World War One? I? I don't remember. Yeah. Do you know what Ken Burns looks like? Yeah, isn't he very um uh uh, George Lucas. Maybe he's got to be. I, I, he either dyes his hair or he's oh, not like a toupee or something. It just like, like his hair does not look like it goes with his body. At he all. looks like he was in a popular. Uh, he looks like he was in a band that was popular for soft rock back in a very like a Kenny Loggins esque. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's a look. I, you know, I think I started watching the Vietnam War one. And I'm sure I watched some hours of that. Yeah, that was one of the more recent ones, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. right. I remember when it was. Uh, was the buzz. Wild. But anywho, what uh, what's good, my guys? What's going on? hanging out crickets true i just saw colby this weekend in person which was a treat Ooh, it was a treat it's been an evening at uh sean's house with friend of the show phil i thought you were gonna say friend of the show charles but oh friend of me of the show charles (laughs) (laughs) chief antagonist of the show sean's cat charles that's right that's right (laughs) yeah it was great Sean got us bagels from a local bagel place and they were pretty good. They were best local bagels and I made nachos for the first time. Ooh, Nacho, which is nachos. not hard at all. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's just chips and a bunch of stuff on the chips. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, Yeah. That was all. That's my refrigerator broke. Oh, that's right. Right. I feel like there's a joke in there. Like, hey, uh, like knock knock. Who's there? Is your refrigerator Is running? No. Yeah. It's <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we got there. Um, 
yeah so it it on friday it was kind of making a funny noise and then on saturday we woke up and and i didn't notice anything at first but then like later in the day i opened it i was like huh it doesn't seem very cold in here and i put a little a thermometer in it was like 60 degrees i was like ah that's that's just slightly colder than my apartment which is which is pretty cold right now for reasons i can't explain but um yeah 60 degrees not what you want so that was a shame and then we went to sean's because because that's what was happening on saturday so he could bring everything to my fridge you know i was the next nearest fridge he had so you know in hindsight we really should have like offloaded some frozen meats (laughs) into your freezer or something because uh many meats were lost in the in the fridge (laughs) fridge apocalypse of of january 2023 um but we did so on the way home uh we stopped at target and purchased a miniature fridge to, to, to to hold us over until a new fridge can be purchased um which was clutch because today we went to the fridge store and it's going to be like three weeks before our fridge comes so you know talk to me about shopping for a fridge because can you fit a full-size regular fridge in your place or is it a small Mm -hmm. fridge no so do you uh, need to prepare the way so interestingly, the 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 fridge place that we go to, the appliance store that I purchased when my dishwasher you're being broke. very vague. So this is not Best Buy or something. <laughs> this is like That's a great bespoke. crazy Eddie's. <laughs> it's, it's, it's called Yale Appliance. I don't know. How. Okay, wow, that's controversial in Boston. Jeez, I know, right? He couldn't know. get into Harvard Appliance. <laughs> <laughs> crushed it um yeah no it's 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 just uh like they just do appliances um and i i i so this was the place where uh when my dishwasher broke and i waited for like two and a half months for home depot to allegedly deliver a dishwasher and they just never never did and then sean was like oh that's what they do you have to go to appliance stores and like look at things that say they're in stock and purchase that um this was the place where i found a dishwasher that would fit in my dishwasher hole (laughs) in stock um and they i don't know they delivered the dishwasher like after i did that i had the dishwasher within 24 hours Mm -hmm. which was super annoying um but the yeah, so we we like went to their appliance showroom, which is like a huge. It's 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 it was in Dorchester, so it was like a little bit down the highway from here, but still in Boston. But it's in this big like old warehouse, and it's just a huge room filled with like like there's a refrigerator room that has a hundred refrigerators in it, and there's an oven room that has a hundred ovens in it. Um, and like the refrigerators range from like seven ninety nine to like twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> it's really uh, it's a really interesting progression to follow. But because of our size and like refrigerator hole constraints, um, there are like four refrigerators in the entire world that we could purchase. 
so it, it 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 made the selection process pretty easy because there were no options. Uh, so that was good. But yeah, so we talked we talked to the person. They were like, "Okay, well, we'll get that uh, scheduled for you, and it'll probably take two or three weeks." And speaking of Dan, you 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 mentioned preparing the way, which which is something is like possibly the most stressful part about getting a large appliance delivered to your fifth floor walk up or your fifth floor apartment where the elevator door is too small for the appliance to fit through. <laughs> um, they, the appliance store, this appliance store will send a person, you know, in the three weeks that they're waiting for your thing to come, they'll send a person to just like measure all the doors and make sure it's going to fit. So wow. that's like, they, they have a, they send a guy who is the, the way preparer, <laughs> uh, which, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So he's coming on, on Monday next week. Uh, and then we're, I don't know, I guess I'll measure the doors and, and walk up the stairs and, and tell us if, if in fact this refrigerator will be coming, whether or not the way is prepared. Now, are, are you, was the selection so limited as to have no real choices about your refrigerator or were you in a position to reconsider what features you value in a refrigerator? Um, so there's some, there is, there were some choices, uh, but mostly it's limited by like the, the physical space. Like, uh, we have like, the refrigerator, the refrigerator we have is 27 and a half inches wide and it is like jammed into the hole, like scraping. It scrapes the plaster on the walls when you push it in. Uh, so, so absolutely nothing bigger than that is an option. And so like there are, uh, there are a, like a couple of refrigerators that are that exact same size. Uh, and then there are refrigerators that are a lot smaller that are like 24 inches wide, which is like pretty small. Um, and then yep. there's like the one we got is 25 inches wide, which is the only one that exists as far as we can tell that is that size. Uh, but like feature wise, they're almost exclusively like freezer on the bottom, like weird European refrigerators. Uh no Wi-Fi touchscreen AI cameras. <laughs> you can look at an app and it'll tell you what whether your milk's gone bad. None of that. You know, I didn't even think to ask if it had Wi-Fi. <laughs> All right, now, but, did you did you interrogate yourself as to whether you're a French door kind of guy or not, or does that also not fit in the physical constraints? Not not an option. <laughs> no French doors. Um, yeah, they don't make French doors that small. I looked. Okay, interesting. We, we thought about maybe trying to put the refrigerator in a different place to open more to to broaden our options, uh, our our the horizon of options that were. That's a big to tile to move in the slide tile puzzle, preparing the way. That's, and think about how many other tiles you'd have to move when you try to move that one. Whew. It's fascinating that your mind goes to slide tile puzzles because that is exactly what I, <laughs> exactly yes. the metaphor that, uh, 
that came up in conversation. <laughs> yes, so much of adult life, like in this case, it manifests itself physically, but even you know abstractly and financially, so much of adult life is, what do I have to do in order to do the thing I want to do? It feels like when we were younger, you just thought of the thing you wanted to do and you did that thing. Right, right. Now there's logistics. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, moral of the story is there is a new fridge coming and they know that it's that they're going to have to walk up the stairs and we like paid a little extra because they have to walk up the stairs, which is fine. But they're going to take the old refrigerator away. That's pretty good. Do they just like sort of push it out the window? (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I think the people on the sidewalk might. Right. You know, I I feel like they probably won't because I think they can like explode or at least leak, you know, noxious gas. They they have a lot of like explosive flammable warnings on the back if you ever pull your refrigerator out. Or keep it as an emergency nuclear fallout shelter like in that Indiana Jones movie. (laughs) Yeah. Is your fridge lead lined? It'll be his and hers. (laughs) Escape pods, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. Yeah, there's no room for that. I guess I could put it in the closet. Just have a closet filled with old refrigerators. Spin, and then you put your clothes, carcasses. put your clothes in the old refrigerators. <laughs> that's that's smart, Sean. Crazy, unnecessary. It's climate controlled for your clothing. <laughs> well, it's like it's a cedar closet. You won't anymore. have any moth problems. Yeah, that's true. Airtight, crisp and fresh. I like it. Did we did we talk on the show about my dishwasher breaking? No. This is just the home improvement no. show. Recently. Uh I just bought it in September. So it's very new. Um and the motor burned out. The pump motor. It because it, it I got an FTD error. Can you guess what an FTD error is? Fix the dishwasher? <laughs> ah, that's a good one, but no. Mm. Uh failed to dump oh you were you were right there you were right there failure to drain (laughs) drain. there was a bunch of water sitting in there um because the the pump burned out but it was under warranty so the fine folks at the general electric sent a very capable handyman he came took it apart put in a new motor said it's under warranty won't cost you anything and he left it was probably the most pleasant repair experience i've ever had other than not having a dishwasher for like two weeks that's cool did it take two weeks well it broke like two days before christmas so between christmas and new year's getting someone to come out was an issue uh so it was just more of a scheduling thing than anything else but they were relatively efficient they had like an online tracker so i could figure out when he's coming he came when he was supposed to and all in all it was easy um and it was it was just a he happened to have an extra motor popped it in and no real issue since that's awesome. A rare win for the customer. A rare win. I am not going to get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Don't expect that. Never. Uh, anything else of, uh, of note, gentlemen? Should we pivot on over to picks? Technological Or not news. picks. We got to do the news. I was going to say, wow. News. Did we really spend the whole show talking about dishwashers? <laughs> 
yeah, that's it, guys. We're wrapping it up. We've gone on too long. <laughs> the people have had enough. Um, no, we got to do the picks, uh, the, the news. We got to do the news. It's the part of the show where we talk about the news. So there is some news here in the rundown uh, from the last two weeks. A bunch of mixed stories, some new product announcement, some outrages, uh, some uh, product news, some interesting, weird news. Guys, anything here in the rundown jumping out at you? Something we should be talking about on the program tonight. I think we should talk about the Apple headset. Let's do it. Yeah, probably our most detailed leak yet. Uh, hit the newswire this week. Uh, Bloomberg's Mark German on the on the leak here. Uh, let me go through some of the specs for you. We can talk about it. Uh, supposedly coming in the coming months, certainly before WWDC. The product rumored right now to be called Reality Pro. Uh, standalone device. Um it's uh these are kind of in a crazy order in this article but i'll just read what they say uh it'll have an interface similar to that of an iphone and an ipad with the option to pin widgets to the home screen alternatively it may be used as an external display for a connected mac along with voice commands will be the option to use a mac iphone or ipad keyboard to enter text on the so-called xros operating system um there's gonna be health tracking third-party apps reality video virtual reality video is said to be a focus uh, holding talks with Disney, Dolby, and others for VR content, so you can watch it in virtual screens and virtual environments, and wearing AirPods to support spatial audio. Uh, hand and eye tracking. It's believed that the device will have sensors that can follow the wearer's eyes and several external can cameras that can monitor hand movements. The idea is that users will be able to select an item, such as an app icon or a button, by looking at it, then squeezing their thumb and index finger to carry out the action. Uh, if this works, you wouldn't need hand controllers like you would on, on other types of headsets. Um, the uh, Let's see here. It's, it's expected to support both virtual reality and augmented reality with the ability to switch between them using a watch-like digital crown on the side of the device. Um, it'll support prescription eyewear. Um, one other interesting leak that uh, was sort of new here is one-on-one -on -one FaceTime calls. Uh, they believe for one-on-one -on -one chats uh, where both participants are using the headsets, FaceTime will render realistic versions of their face and body, um, not just cartoony uh, avatars, but actually a thing that looks like your face um, using the cameras and other equipment. Um, it'll be made of nice materials. The battery will be in an external pack that connects to the headset via a cable and placed in your pocket. Um, it's expected that it will retail for around $3,000. Guys, what do we think of that? Anything in there jumping out to you? I can't, I can't decide if it'd be cool or insane if you could just look at things and select them. I will say, I, I have found the hand controller is an annoying part of VR when I have used it like that yeah. to me, if you could change anything about existing VR headsets, that's a noticeable big one. And in the few hand tracking apps I've used on like the meta quest, it, it, it when it works, it's pretty cool. Sure. Um, and even that you still have to kind of do it with your hands. If you can do it with your eyeballs and just go click, 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 like that's wild. It sounds cool. It's hard to imagine what that would even be like, like just looking at something. <laughs> and because that wouldn't be like, you wouldn't have to turn your head. It sounds like, right. It's like just your eyeballs. 
Mm-hmm. Here. Wild. Yeah, I find this this whole all of this smoke around this Apple product and everyone being so specific about the battery pack. Uh I find that super odd. Um I think that's a pretty big downside. However, Sean, if you know if I could change one thing about the existing VR headsets, it would just be that they'd be easier to put on and use. Because mm. every like I think the the reason the main reason why I don't use mine less, aside from the fact that there's not much to do with it, but like there is I still haven't beaten that Half Life game, <laughs> which is a lot of fun and is really, really, really cool. But the idea is like, okay, take out the headset. Uh, connect it to the computer. That's going to take a long, like it's super finicky. Got to get the U- the special USB C cable out. It's got to be exactly the right kind of USB C cable. Plug it in, like that's super annoying. Uh, and then like just having it on is a little annoying. So if it was lighter, and if it had like an AirPods like experience where you can just pick up your headset and it just connects to all of your stuff instantly. Uh, sure. That could be pretty compelling. I just have a hard time imagining it being so compelling that they're going to release it with the the like Chewbacca bandolier battery pack thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those weird like they're kind of conflicting forces because you're right. I think the idea you're right. It is a you're, you're in it or you're not. And what I, I'm so interested at this digital crown idea, which would lend me to think you would wear it more often, where you could just spin it and be out of the full VR experience and back in your world. You don't even have to take the headset off and you're flipping between the two theoretically seamlessly. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really smart. But then I realized they say it's going to have two hours of battery life. That's kind of a bummer. Um, and maybe that's why you have battery packs, because you have eight of them sitting charged on your counter and you swap in a new one. But um, yeah. Those things are kind of opposed in in a lot of ways. Yeah. And maybe if you're at your desk, you could just keep it plugged in and you wouldn't need to do that. Uh, But still, people don't use the VR headsets at their desk typically. Like, that's not a use case that anyone uses outside of Facebook's dwindling workforce. Yes, and HoloLens (laughs) commercials. Well, RIP. Oh, we don't even have that on here. No, no, it didn't didn't make the cut, unfortunately. Wow. HoloLens is dead. Reportedly. Mm. Yeah, there was a lot of blank is dead due to layoffs <clears throat> stories that sure. I didn't get into, um, including a lot of stuff at Google and Microsoft and other Facebook, other tech companies. Right. That's sad. I mean, I know we all have our HoloLens. We love it. We use it all the time. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a tough loss, I know. Speaking of, I saw uh, a story today about, I think it was a story about the HoloLens thing getting canceled, and the analogy being drawn was, remember, and I only remember these details because I just read the article, in 2007, the original Microsoft Surface, which had nothing to do with what we now call the Microsoft Surface, the giant table that you could put things on and interact with, and it was a huge touchscreen. And this was, was it, it may have been pre-iPhone or maybe just post-iPhone. And like, I still think that idea is really, really cool. And you see a little bit of like the current surface that you can like 
you know, draw on. It's like a big drafting table style thing. Uh, and you see it a little bit with the Google. What do they call that thing? They're like video conferencing TV, basically. Uh, but I always thought that that would be a really interesting platform. And the, the touch stuff was super cool, but Microsoft canceled it after a couple months. So the analogy was like, is it is Microsoft just, you know, getting too skittish and 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 canceling this project when it could, you know, they're actually at the forefront of this thing, or is it all BS and we'll try VR again in 10 years again? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, it's one of those funny things where, you know, nobody, no, no, these companies don't want small hits. They don't want niche products. They don't want things that make a little money. What is Microsoft? Like 14 individual $1 billion businesses or something like that's the statistic. Um, I don't think they want I think they'd sell surface tables. Would they sell enough to rival Xbox or Office or one of their other gazillion dollar Azure or whatever? No, I, I don't. I think it's true of a lot of uh, products that are successful, but small don't tend to have a long lifespan. I was shocked later in the rundown. We'll talk about the big HomePod coming back, which I was pretty surprised Apple did that. Um because it didn't seem to be particularly successful the first time around. It's interesting, you know, you say Microsoft doesn't want any small, you know, small products. And I, I googled list of Microsoft products. There's actually a Microsoft.com page with a list of all of their products. Um, there's Cortana. I don't think that's a billion dollar business. They discontinued that. Though. Oh, really? Oh, OK. So these are not necessarily active products. Microsoft no. Family, Microsoft Forms, Kaizala. What the heck is Kaizala? Microsoft Delve. Never heard of Microsoft Family. <laughs> Connect and coordinate with people both inside and outside your organization with Microsoft Kaizala, the secure mobile and messaging task app. Super weird. Planner, PowerPoint, Skype. I guess Skype is probably a billion dollar business. Yammer, their uh, their social network for companies still kicking apparently. Yammer. Wow. So I'm trying to see if I can find an update. Oh my god! There's Microsoft.fandom.com. That must be sad. <laughs> Has a cool uh, banner at the top. It's pretty stylish. Bing. Fun times. And this is great radio. It's just reading Microsoft just us Googling names. stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what a lot of podcasts yeah. are. I can't really we can't take credit for that. <laughs> I'm trying to find a list of the billion dollar Uh-oh. businesses. Oops in Microsoft, but all these articles are from like 2013, which is not helpful. Um, if I can find it, um, it's, it's a very interesting list, but I'm never going to be able to find it. Well, here's an article from 2013 of their billion dollar businesses. If anyone cares, windows, uh, surface, that's a hardware windows server windows azure office xbox uh, system center 
SharePoint, Visual Studio, Dynamics, Online Advertising, Office 365, Enterprise Services, Enterprise Communications Business, which is like Teams, um, Client Access License Suites. All of these make more than a billion dollars a year. What was that fourth one? It was like Windows System Service or something? System Center. System Center. Including Windows Intune. Again, these this is from 2013. I don't even know if these are still a thing. Oh, yeah, um, sure it's enough. Endpoint Management It's now Solutions. called the Microsoft Endpoint Configuration Manager. Ooh, memorable. <laughs> wow. Fascinating. Um... Okie doke. I will say I've been thinking about what we talked about Microsoft and it was boring. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I, <laughs> just, just kidding. Um, I was thinking about the Apple thing. And I think I think if if this thing did nothing else besides do like a super screen thing where like you could wear this and have like Dan, there was an app you recommended you, you tried at some point for the medical, the, the, the quest that did something like this, where it was like extra, you know, VR screens for your computer. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if this thing did that, but like worked well and maybe, you know, you could use it for more than two hours or at a time or, or something like easily. I think I would try it. At $3,000? Well, honestly, like, I have to, I'm, I'm almost at the point, like at some point, this cinema display that I've been using for 11 years is going to die. So I'm going to have to get a new monitor. Oh, Colby takes the reality pro challenge. <laughs> right. Like maybe, you know, it's not that big a leap from like $3,000 is less expensive than the, the really fancy display. Slightly more expensive than this, the studio, the studio one. So like maybe this is, this is, mm. this is that. And you'd save a lot of space in your apartment. You could keep that fridge then. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll, maybe so I'll take the reality challenge. When's it supposed to launch? And then they usually do, they'll do like a March event would be my guess before WWDC. But nobody knows. Rumors. Rumors. Yeah, we'll see. Ooh, rumor has it. Ooh. Um, all right. What else in here, gentlemen? Let's crank up the news machine. Oh, HomePod. I was muted. Sorry. HomePod. HomePod. <laughs> HomePod. We're on an Apple kick. Uh, the HomePod is back, and it's the same as ever. Uh, Apple discontinued the original HomePod back in 2021, focusing on the mini version while they've resurrected it with a few updates. Uh, the design is basically the same as the original, uh, but it's got a retooled audio that's more and better and richer and stunning. Um, I'm not going to get all the details, but it's uh, got a few more audio things in it, uh, a better chip, um, still does spatial audio, still does multi-room setup, um, still uses ultra wideband. A lot of this is the same. What's new is some of the smart home stuff. 
Uh, there's a feature called sound recognition that can monitor for smoke and carbon monoxide alarms and send an alert to your iPhone. Uh, it has a built-in temperature and humidity sensor that keeps tabs on your environment. And you can use that data to enable uh, automations within the home app. Uh, HomePod will play a confirmation tone um, to know that your Siri request was granted. Um, it is also compatible with the new Matter smart home standard um, as well. Uh, and it's cheaper than it was before. It's $50 less. It's at $299. It's available for pre-order right now. Nice. Did you order some pods, Sean? <laughs> Honestly, you know, it, it is... I, I did think... Of, I didn't really think about it for a second. I was never going to order it. But um, it was interesting to me that I just wear my AirPods all the time. Like, I don't have a need for a speaker. Like my AirPods, I, I wish like screen time on my iPhone, there was some sort of stat of how much they're in my ears. It's a crazy amount when I'm just walking around my home doing anything. Every phone call I take, music, podcasts. To me, I tried that before. So I like to listen. I'm like, Dan, I listen to podcasts when I fall asleep. I think a lot of people do that. And I've tried doing it with speakers. And what I actually end up doing is I put one HomePod in my ear I sleep on, <laughs> I put my head on the pillow without it, but I have to do that so I can kind of clearly and nicely hear it because I just don't like speakers all that much. So I, I just would never use it. Yeah. I think, Sean, I think you said you put one HomePod in your ear, which, which is what I'm picturing now. <laughs> I hope which it's is, a HomePod mini. Is very, very <laughs> I kind of like the idea of like a Princess Leia. You put one on each ear and you get the buns <laughs> going. <Ooh>. And- <laughs> you just a walking like party that. then. I mean, maybe I just have had really crappy speakers historically. I mean, maybe these do sound really good. I also try and be, I, I do have a roommate uh, in the house, so I do try to be respectful and not play anything too loudly. But, uh, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's this, I mean, you've got a HomePod mini that does the HomePod maxi do anything for you. Um, I don't think so. I, we also have like several Sonoses. Of like the about this well i guess i haven't seen the home pod like next to something for scale so i don't actually know how big it is but i assume this is about the same size as like the sonos one we have a few of those so like if those like die someday maybe well i do know that um you will actually be getting some of these new features on your existing HomePod Mini. Uh, the HomePod Mini already had the temperature and humidity sensor built into it. I believe, don't hold me this, I believe the new software update will enable it on your device. So you will get those features on your existing AirPod. Wow. I'm going to see if I can update that right now. I don't think I don't it's know out exact- yet. Oh, not yet. Yeah. They, I know sound recognition is not out yet as a feature. That's a future update. Um, nice. So TBD. But I know that was when it first came out and they did the breakdown of it, like the iFixit or whoever. And they're like, why is there a temperature and humidity sensor in here? They're not using it for anything. And they are now finally turning it on. I am. Uh, I think I was with you, Sean, uh, a couple years ago when I lived by myself. I th- The difference was I would just use my phone speaker to listen to a podcast because then it's always with me and it's relatively audible right um but i think the difference the the thing that i found uh these things really helpful for is and i don't i don't i would be interested if they're better at picking up sound 
because I do use them a lot to control the smart home. And before I didn't have a smart home because my home was too small to warrant having a smart home. Uh, and but when you have people over, I think using them to play music is really cool. Now, if you have a Sonos, that probably works great. Um, but I've heard from many people that the HomePod is like the best sounding speaker you can get of of these, you know, of the speakers that are also ladies in in tubes. Uh, but two of them are like some of the best speakers you can get straight up, like all out. Uh, so and I actually have like there's a place we have a floor that is a.k.a. our living room and kitchen <laughs> because we live in a townhouse that where such things could go. But we're also moving at the end of March, so I'm not going to be uh, committing myself to any electronics purchases right now. Right. right. Yeah, no, I, I will say Amazon's smart tubes sound terrible. They're awful. The audio is te- I tried listening to music on those and it's like the cheapest Bluetooth speaker sounds better than those. They sound super bad. So I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I actually you, you kind of got me thinking for a second as someone who permanently lives alone. Um, I have no experience with this, so I'm actually curious. It's a lifestyle question. Do you listen to podcasts on your speakers? And does that mean your significant other? Do you listen to the same podcast? Uh, I share in that experience. I don't do that anymore now that I live with someone. However, if Lena isn't here, I will listen to the podcast on the speakers. But to be honest, that's mostly for the novelty factor. And I don't know if it I'm sure it sounds better than. Uh, listening to it on my phone, but it's also slightly more of a pain in the ass. You got to go to the airplay thing and select the thing. It takes a couple seconds. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's mostly because it's cool. And then you get to sync it to the, the, the two home pod minis. That's exciting. Yeah, I do it sometimes. Just like I have a speaker, one Sonos in this room. And like sometimes I'll put it like when I'm working, I'll put it on just in this room. I was just curious because I was like, because I know some people listen to podcasts like as a couple, like they'll listen to them together when they're doing stuff. But I'm like, I would I've shared some podcasts I listen to, but there are also some where I'm like, I would never tell anyone I listen <laughs> to this podcast. Like I would not. This is my little secret. And you people don't need to know what I listen sure. to. Thank you. This week in The Bachelorette. <laughs> Worse. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those. It's so, you know, recommending music or a TV show is one thing. I feel like recommending a podcast is much more personal, A, because it's a bigger time investment, but also B, there's there's just so many and they're so specific. If I tell you like, oh, go watch Game of Thrones, it's like that's kind of a general recommendation anyone can get. But podcasts are so specific per person that it's like and it's really funny because when I when I when people have found out like I do a podcast do in quotes, um, they always are like, oh, is it like this one? Oh, is it like this one? Oh, is it like this one? And I'm like, A, I don't know what those are. And B, no, probably not. <laughs> those sound like real good podcasts. We don't we do not do that. Right. A different genre. They're like, oh, is it like NPR? And I'm like, yeah, it's just like NPR. It's exactly like NPR. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't we move on to our picks? Unless there's any other stories you want to talk about. Can we talk about this school that can't turn off the lights quickly? I forgot. I saw this yes. at the bottom and then I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Wait, what? Yeah, this is literally the town right next to me. Uh, they were our arch rivals on the debate team. Uh, that's the main reason I knew about it was in the local news here in Wilbraham. Um, Minichog Regional High School. Uh, it's the only school in that town. 
Um, it was, uh, I'm, I'll, I just want to get the exact number here. It was built back in 20, in the early 2000s, where tw- uh, 2012, it was built in 2000 town. One of the cost saving measures the school board insisted on was a green lighting system run on software installed by a company called Fifth Light to control the lights in the building. The system was designed to save energy and thus money by automatically adjusting the night, the lights as needed. However, in August of 2021, staffers at the school noticed that the lights were not dimming in the daytime and burning brightly throughout the night. Uh, it went into default, and the default position is for the lights to be on. They reached out to the original installer only to discover the company had changed hands several times. When they finally tracked down the current company, they basically said, uh, we don't really know how to help you, so the lights were just permanently stuck on by the software that controlled them. They went out, got a quote to re- place the entire system was in excess of $1.2 million. <laughs> so instead they spent the last two years working with the company that eventually owned the other company reflex lighting. Um, and they, uh, they ended up having to slowly piece by piece replace the system, including the server, the lighting control boards and other hardware because of the pandemic parts were slow to come in. The main server wasn't delivered until March of last year. Um, and as of today, uh, it still has not been fixed, uh, and they are locked out of turning off their lights. That's insane. Yup. There's no like master override where someone can just go like turn off the lights at night or something. Well, that was, that was one of the things the company said when they go through and, um, make all these upgrades and changes. They're including a manual, uh, on off switch as part of the program. Because they also looked into hiring a software consultant to see if they could, they could just patch the system and override it. Apparently, that wouldn't work. So I don't know what system this is, but it sounds insane. It's like simultaneously. Uh, well, it's just it's just incredibly secure. Like you can't you can't mess with it. Yeah, it's like Pentagon level security on the on the high school lighting system. Apparently, um, it's costing the town thousands of dollars a week because the lights are on all the time teachers have even resulted to unscrewing some of the light bulbs see coming from new york city and i haven't noticed this here in seattle as much but i'm not usually in the business district and at night the lights and all of the the skyscrapers are on all the time and i always thought that that was some sort of deliberate choice and i would have thought Mm. that maybe even at a school you might want the lights on all the time because then you can be, you know, ensure that there's no one in there. But I've never gotten a satisfying explanation as to why. Why is why is the Manhattan skyline so pretty at night? It's pretty. It shouldn't be, though. Right. Like and and then maybe I was like, maybe it doesn't actually cost that much, you know, LEDs. But it sounds like it, it does. I don't get it. I always assumed it was because there were cleaning crews at night that needed the lights on all night long. Well, it's a, the, the, those skyscrapers are very dirty. Uh, no, I no, I have no idea. Well, apparently, it's not just that the lights are on at night. Apparently, teachers they can't dim the lights to do presentations. Right. <laughs> um, so it's it's, it's, it's no matter how you slice it, it's a problem. There's no more movie 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 watching in class. They have to get no. ceiling blinds, so they can just pull. Uh, like like one of those uh, what are those those awnings called? What's that name brand awning for? You get over your uh, your your deck or something. Uh, the sunsetter. Yeah, get the sun indoor sunsetter. 
I would just wear sunglasses to school every day. <laughs> Start a protest. It would be the coolest school ever. Imagine those kids showing up to the debate uh, tournament. Damn, the, the Minichog. And that, every year at the big debate uh, Model Congress event, they would all wear matching shirts. What a bunch of tools. So um, yeah, this is right down the road for me. I'll have to maybe drive by uh, some night and see if I can look in the windows and check it out. I don't know. I would really love to know more about why the, the, the technology of this. Like, why can't? <laughs> why is it not possible? Yeah, it definitely seems like the kind of problem a local school system is not equipped to handle. Right. Right. Amazing. Absolutely crazy. So there you go. Your, your local Massachusetts beat. We don't just do national news. We do local news. Uh, but we are going to continue on here and talk about Les Picks. Uh, some cool stuff we want to bring to the show and talk about. I'm going to go first today. I don't usually go first. But I'm going to go first today because I'm first on the list here. Uh, guys, I want to talk about air quality. Um, Colby, I think you picked uh, Eve Weather uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, temperature, humidity, um, great things to know. But uh, my concern is I live in a house with an incredibly old furnace. Uh, and I was genuinely concerned about the air quality in my home, not just from... Uh, you know, a couple, I, I really wanted a device that could go nuts and test some hardcore stuff. And so I found the YooHoo indoor air sensor nine in one smart air monitor. It measures a lot, not just temperature and humidity, but VOC, ozone, air pressure, nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, um, nine different uh, elements that uh, would surprise you. For example, I learned it was going around. I'm sure you guys saw the outrage over gas stoves. They're going to be banned. Uh, because they pump a bunch of dangerous gases into your home. Well, I can confirm that's true because I put one in my kitchen and then I cooked with my stove and the levels were out of control of, uh, I forget which, uh, of nitrogen dioxide that was, that was in my kitchen. So I know it works. Nice. Um, but it, uh, but I put it in the basement and the good news is my air quality is very good. Uh, all green. So, but it tracks it over time, day by day, puts it in the app. Uh, but this is the only one I found that was well-reviewed and tracked this aggressive number of um, of different air elements. So the Yoohoo uh, indoor air sensor. Check that out. Cool. Uh, yeah. I feel like this is one of those things where, like, I want to know all this stuff, but I also don't want to know. Cause I don't think there's anything I can do about it. Yeah, I, I agree. And they, the good news is I think, cause it's kind of got like the green, yellow, red. Mm. So I think even if you're in yellow, you're okay. I mean, again, th this house is like weirdly dirty, not cause I'm dirty, but just like, I, I really genuinely thought there was something wrong with the air quality. And the fact it was all green told me your air quality is probably okay. But that's the fun thing about trying it. Um, and I will be honest, listen, it's not good to do. It's not good for the environment. It's not good for the economy. I am going to return it. I do not need to keep this for the long term. I bought it. I did the test. I am sending it back. It is too expensive for me to keep just for fun. But you can certainly do the same. There you go. Um, and see how you do. By the way, have you guys ever done uh, a water, uh, the water tests you can buy for your home? 
No. Or do you not want to know? Those are good too. Home Depot sells them. A lot of places sell them, and you just put your water in a vial and mail it off, and they'll tell you what's no, in the water. There's a thing they're to, not to bring with us on our house slash apartment hunting. Uh, it's not that. Ex- it's like simple. I don't remember the exact price, but it was pretty reasonable for what you were getting. So something to think about. Um, all right, Dan, you're next in the list here. What are you listening to? Oh yeah, my go to sleep podcast is Revolutions, which is a history podcast about revolutions. And it like the Ken Burns stuff, sometimes it's too interesting to go to sleep, but most of the time it's fine. Uh the third season on the French Revolution is A very long and B super, super good. Uh it's some crazy shit, man. <laughs> Lots of uh Lots of modern day parallels in the old French Revolution. Um, and I honestly, that was when it got too good. But I was listening to it and I was like, oh, shit, like, uh oh, is this happening again? Am I am I actually reading the, uh, you know, the future here? Uh, but it's really good, relatively conversational, not not too dry, but dry enough to go to sleep. Cool. Nice. Very. And you take. Oh, and the most recent uh, season is on the Haitian Revolution, which I didn't even know ever happened. Um, and it actually intersects with the season three French Revolution thing. And so, my fun fact about the, the Haitian Revolution is: Did you know that there's a re- like a slave revolt in Haiti, and then French French France <laughs> French sent fries. some like negotiators be like hey like solve this thing like we need because this was their most profitable colony and the whole reason the french revolution happened is because they didn't have any money uh and then they came back to france and they said hey what if you know what if we had this compromise thing where you know there's like a path through freedom but then you know for now the slaves are going to go back and work at the plantations and then the you know super revolutionary french congress whatever it was called at the time is like what if we just freed all the slaves instead? And they were like, okay, didn't think we were going to get that. And like, okay, done. Boom, stamp. Next next thing. And it was like, what? Like, what an insane period of history. And then suddenly there were like black legislature legislators and like uh, elected to that Congress and stuff in 17, whatever. It was, it's crazy. Um, yeah. And it was super interesting podcast. Look at that. I always wondered why you were such a smart guy, Dan, and now I know your secret. Yeah. But one five minutes of a 30 minute episode at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. The Revolutions podcast. We'll have the link on the website. Uh, Colby, why don't you take us home? What do you got? Nice. Um, I feel like this was a thing that I always, I don't know, for whatever reason, I agonized over like you read things online about sharpening your knives being hard or like actual mechanical knife sharpeners being like bad for your knives or something. So I never did it. And like one time, like ages ago, I bought like a sharpening stone and it's like, so it's so annoying and you can like mess up (laughs) like, not like you can mess up. Like you'll probably mess it up a few times (laughs) and like, you know, you know, with best case, your knife is not sharp when you finish and like worst case you've done, you've actually screwed something up. So I finally, like all of my knives were like pretty dull 
and have been dull for like two years. Um, and I like sort of like Googled around to see if there was some place I could just bring them around here to get them sharpened. I didn't didn't find anything, so I I finally just purchased the wire cutter. Like, this is the knife sharpener you can get, and I got it. I did this in in the the way that Amazon always gets me now, where I w- I'm like awake on Saturday morning googling, and it's like we can have this to you by 3 p.m. today. It's like shit. So I purchased this knife sharpener. It came at 3 p.m. and I sharpened all of my knives in like 45 minutes and it's great now. So I don't, I don't know what I was waiting for. I don't have fancy knives even, but now they're all sharp. Well, you've made them fancy, right? Yeah. Super easy. It's, it's, uh, it was really easy. I should have done it years ago. Totally worth it. Sharpen your knives for a hundred dollars. $179, $179, I guess. Well, I, uh, I, you know, we, I like to read Amazon reviews once in a while. Here's a one-star review from Angus Brow, who says, My bad, but I ordered and plugged it in, and it nearly caught fire. If selling to a 240-volt country, you might want to highlight this for dumb people like me. <laughs> so not not really a critical review of the product. It sounds like more of a him. Yeah, that's a review of, of himself. <laughs> review of himself. Um. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's great. Uh, very cool. Yes, I have a uh, less nice uh, manual uh, sharpener, but man, the, the difference a sh- a sharpened knife can make, you don't realize how dull it is until you until you really get in there. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It can make an old knife feel like new. So. Yeah, it's great. Good call. Chef's choice. Trizer. Uh, very cool. We'll links to that. And all the picks on the website, you can check it out at don'tpanic.io, where all the episode information is. Audio, video, the whole nine yards, we'll have it there. Uh, you can also, of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Look for the big red button with the video version on YouTube. And, of course, you can get a hold of us, uh, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com, or tweet at us at don'tpanicshow for as long as Twitter is still a thing. Uh, guys, I will uh, quickly tease up for debate. Uh, I have to, uh, because coming up, we've got some really exciting stuff. No idea what this week's episode is going to be, but... Uh, coming up in two weeks, we're kicking off our Super Bowl prop bets, our annual tradition, uh, where Matt and I bet against each other on some wacky stuff happening in the Super Bowl. Uh, last year, I won for the first time in like a zillion years. So I got to keep my streak up. Uh, we're going to talk about it before the game as well as after the game. It's one of our favorite things we do all year. You're going to want to check that out at UpForDebate.tv. Um and not long after that, we'll have March Madness, uh, which I already know what he's planning, and it's going to be wild. So you're not going to want to miss that. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Uh, but we're going to wrap it up here. That is the end of this episode. I hope everyone had not as good of a time as we did, certainly. On behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. We appreciate you being here. We're going to see you next time for another great edition of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.